Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Hey everybody, lots going on in the world of hockey and that's why Spits and Suds is there for you. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan and joined by EP Ringside, Shap Shots and D-Magazines. Sean Shapiro, our NHL guy. So much going on, Sean. Uh, let's start with the good news. Massive win on Saturday night. Playoff hockey vibe in the building in Vegas. Stars pull it off. Rope hints with the tying goal. Jake Ottinger shuts down the Vegas Knights in uh, in the uh, oh well the shootout as well as uh, overtime, just an impressive all around performance. Yep, it's uh, the it's been it's a while trying to keep track of everything that's been going on right now. Obviously, between we're getting close to the deadline and, and all of that stuff and everything, but the uh, the, the the thing out of Saturday that I think is. Uh, just the energy that you saw when Dallas won that shootout to me, that's the biggest takeaway over the past couple of days. Cause you saw a team that had lost five in a row, even when they played well, they weren't winning. And you could just kind of feel like a relief off of like a monkey off the back, a relief thing, just kind of watching the reaction the team had after, after the shootout and, and winning that game. And I, I just think that can't be understated because a it was against a good team in Vegas, but B I think just where the stars are. And as we go into this stretch, you need wins like that, that break slumps and you can build on them. And to me, that's the biggest thing out of the past couple of days where just that reaction, seeing that, and then obviously how you got there is important to note too. It's a game where um, 
Rope Hintz has a has a great goal at the end after a really good play by Jason Robertson yeah. to break up a potential uh, zone entry that would have been an easy goal. Give me on the empty net. You have uh, Wyatt Johnston continues to play really well, scored the earlier goal, and obviously Ottinger was great. I mean, that's a game the Stars win in overtime, if not for uh, Lauren Bressois' save of the year candidate on on, yeah. on on on, Sa- on Sagan with the with the getting the back on the going backwards and getting with the glove on the back of the glove and everything like that. So um, the stars are, it's, it's kind of funny how those shootouts go, right? Like they lose that shootout. You're talking about, ah, they've lost six in a row and I'm frustrated. They win that shootout. You're like, okay, you know what? They played well before that. They just beat the other, the team that's leading the other division. I'm I'm feeling pretty good. So it's, it's, it's funny how things can change. And, and and move move things and all of that obviously before uh, that all happened that that all happened on uh on Saturday and then on Sunday there's a trade so yeah. it's been, it's been it's been a weekend <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right you know one of the things that i noticed during the game in the post game interview is the demeanor of Jason Robertson you know sliding like he did to basically you know the stars would have lost if vegas scores um, and that would have been a two-on-one situation. Uh, so he made the right choice, slid across. But then the unreal pass that he made to Rope in the slot um, for the quick one-timer uh, wrister, it was just, you know, one of those things. And after the game, it was just kind of like, yeah, it's hockey. You know, even even with the shootout goal, like the demeanor he walked back to the bench, no fist pump. It, you know, he just acts like he's been there for years. And, you know, I think that's his way of celebrating is, is like, you know, yeah, that's hockey. You know, that's, that's how I play. And I I just love that. It's a lot of leadership qualities. And that's who he is. I mean, you look at Jason Robertson and you look at like, I know obviously it's um, Jamie. It's, I always, I don't see how he's not, you talk about leadership. I don't see how Jason Robertson isn't the next captain of the Dallas stars. I know people look at, uh, I know people look at certain things and make, make the case about a tie to Landria or something like that. But, but in reality is like, I don't know how, I don't see a world where Jason Robertson is not the next captain of the Dallas stars and that game against Vegas and his demeanor and his personality and everything about that. It was just a perfect encapsulation, as you said, of who Robertson is. It's he is so calm. He sees the game in a, slower way almost right where it kind of like slows down for him and it's also the way he, he approaches things off the ice and he's just he's just kind of is himself and looks at it that way so it's he is um and man I like that release that's just unfair that shootout release just yeah. how casual how casual that is and how automatic it is it's unfair like it's just like it's <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> yeah yeah no absolutely absolutely so D Magazine features Sean Shapiro. The Stars made their first deadline deal. Is more coming? So go into your uh, D Magazine uh, article. You also talked about how the shift is happening, where players from the West are going to the beast of the East, and how it opens things up for this Dallas team. Yeah, it's very interesting because we very may well on Friday hear Jim Nils say, I like where this team's at. And I know that's a statement that has become a bit of a, infamous or a bit of an infamous buzzword for stars fans because they think nil didn't do enough for or hasn't done enough at the deadline and everything like that. And, I, and you can make that argument, but looking at Jim Nil's history, and I spoke to Jim Nil last week too, 
it's a space where the stars trade of Guryanov for Dadanov is a move that is about flexibility and trust. Um, Pete DeBoer trusts Dadanov more. He had 43 points last year for DeBoer in Vegas. Uh, he trusts Dadanov more than he ever was going to trust Guryanov, and it gives Jim Nill a little bit more flexibility in the offseason to really build his team in the summer, which is what Jim Nill likes to do. So with all of that being said, you look at this week and it comes and we come to this trade deadline with the stars and you kind of have to go in with tempered expectations. If, if they make a move, um, it's probably, um, now they could surprise us and make a big move. It's just hard. It's hard to see that happening right now. Um, if they make a move, it's probably going to be something that's going to be a low priced rental. Um, we we talked last week about a Max Domi. Like I think Max Domi would be an interesting addition here. And we also know the stars would like to find another player to play with um, Mason Marchment and Tyler Sagan, but they also don't want in that role. They don't want to bring someone in who's going to block Logan Stankoven next year. So it's that kind of that weird, that weird battle. And the good thing about the stars with where they are by being in the Western conference they can afford to do this. The Eastern Conference is this arms race where you go down the standings. The Bruins obviously are a historically good team, and they added Orlov. The Maple Leafs have added Ryan O'Reilly, Achari. They added two more. They added McCabe today. Tampa, I still don't get why, but Tampa, when it added Tanner uh, uh, Tanner Jeanette uh, to get for like six assets yesterday, which is crazy price. New Jersey bringing in Timo Meyer. We know the Rangers are going to get Patrick Kane. Um, the Islanders added Hor- or added Horvat. Like it's it's just an arms race in the Eastern Conference. And meanwhile, in the West, it's teams selling and Nino Niederreiter moving from Minnesota from sorry from uh, from Nashville to to Winnipeg. So because of the the Western Conference kind of being this like soft cushy like we're all kind of in the stick. We're all kind of either adding or we're not looking to waste at not waste, but we're not looking to cash in ships this year. Like the West is going to be wide open without teams adding. And it's kind of, it's a good space for the stars to be in where you can, you can still win the West and you can still win the Stanley cup where if you were in the East, it would be inexcusable to not go get someone right now. And that's one of the reasons Jim has more flexibility right now. All right, let's talk about the trade that happened on Sunday. Yep. The Stars say goodbye to Denis Gurionov, added, as you mentioned, Evgeny Dadnoff, and uh, you know a guy that certainly, as you mentioned, DeBoer trusts. And uh, it's fascinating that he's been on so many teams because you look at the you know highlights of him. I was trying to watch some video on him. You don't get to see him as much because he was in the East with Montreal, but you know clearly has a, a, a nice shot. You know, can score twenty plus goals. Uh, so I think it was a good move. I think it's also a good move for Dennis Gurionov because he now has a few months to prove his worth. He'll be a restricted free agent, and Martin Saint Louis might be a good coach for him if he can get it going and he can find consistency. There's a lot of young skill players on that Montreal team, and this might be the kind of the restart that Dennis needs. I think it might be the change in coaching style that Gurionov needs too. And this isn't and this isn't to take anything um to speak poorly of Pete DeBoer or Rick Bonus or Jim Montgomery or anyone who was a Dallas Stars coach while Dennis Gurionov was here. But Gurionov is someone, and I wrote about this on Sunday over at um, over at Shapshots, just kind of about Gurionov is someone who is a 
always he's not a bad teammate he's never had a bad attitude he's he shows up and wants to do video work he asks for help he does all this stuff um i really think he's someone who i don't know if the marty st louis coaching experiment is going to work or not but we we hear a lot about how st louis focuses so much on individual relationships and development with guys while a lot of the stars head coaches over the past couple of years have been more big picture, let the assistants handle more of that. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just two different ways to, to, to coach. Right. And so I do wonder if playing for a head coach like Marty St. Louis will be that secret sauce, maybe that Guriano needs to to find his game and, and, and really move forward. He also has the, he's in a place in Montreal where there's going to be time to figure that out. They will definitely, um, you'll definitely He'll definitely be qualified by them this summer. They don't trade for him if they're not going to qualify him, and he's going to get time to figure it out there. So, it may it may be the fresh start he needs, and and maybe it's or, or maybe he and nothing pans out. Yet. But I, for, from a star's perspective, it was time to move on from Garyanov. They weren't going to qualify him this more this 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 off season. They weren't going to give him two point nine five million dollars, and so instead of letting him walk for free in the summer. You move him for a veteran that the coach trusts a little bit more, and you've taken away and, and you've taken away a contentious decision of whether you qualify your former first round pick or not. So, I think it's a good move for all sides, and it doesn't stop Dallas from doing anything else at the deadline too, which I think is another important uh, thing to remember too. Passion, drive, and patience—what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. So we talk about Dallas's moves at the deadline, and we're going to talk about two trades that happened. That didn't involve the Stars over the weekend, but it does involve the Stars because the Halls coming back is something that's fascinating in today's NHL. I mean, I understand teams are going for it, but I see a lot of the future going away for some of these teams. So David Castillo, who writes for D Magazine as well, one of your colleagues, Sean, uh, tweeted out the following. Using EP Ringside, which is a highly respected hockey website, prospect ratings, this is how the trade might have looked for the Stars had they tried to get Timo Meyer. Dallas would receive Timo Meyer, 50% retained salary, Scott Harrington, San Jose would receive Ty Dan Delandria, Dennis Gurionov, Antonio Strangis, Christian Kiru, a 2024 first, a conditional 2025 second, which could turn into a first. 
for me as, and this is what, and it's really interesting, Sean, is when I clicked on that tweet and saw the reaction of Stars fans, a lot of them were like, whoa, that's too much. That's too much. But that's the market now. And I think when you look at it from the other side, as far as what you're giving up, all of a sudden, the Timo Myers, who's a fantastic player, and he'd certainly help. But another thing to think of is Timo Meyer is on an expiring contract. If you wanted to keep him, he would cost you a lot of money. I don't think the Stars can afford right now. So for those reasons, I thought it was a really interesting comparison and wanted to get your thoughts. I mean, I would have I would have done that deal. I mean, I'll be honest, if you could get that deal done with uh if you could get if you could have gotten that deal done, I would have done it in a heartbeat just to be just hunted because he's Myers and RFA for one, right? Mm-hmm. So he's a restricted free agent. So it's not you can make it work. You can figure out the ways to do that. Like I would I, w- I would have done that deal in a heartbeat because you just read off a, t- a trade to me that involved ha- getting Gary Onov off your books. I like Delandry a lot, but there's lots of Ty Delandries in the world. And you didn't have me move um, Thomas Harley, Logan Stankoven, Wyatt Johnston, Maverick Bork, Liam Bischel. The fact, like, all, and like, I don't, like, I think Kyrou's going to be a good player, but moving Cairo and moving Cairo and Delandria to, to get a, to get uh Meyer. And I would have done that deal in a heartbeat, honestly, to just, just looking at it from that perspective. Do you think it's accurate um, as far as the EP ringside when you look at prospect for prospect, or do you think San Jose would have required one of those people you just mentioned? I think there would have been a Western conference premium. Let me put it that way. Okay. I think there's, I, I, I think, I think the value of, I think there's, there's a reason that teams are overly attached to trying to make these big deals go to the other conference or the other, or the, at a minimum, the other division, because people are so worried about, we don't want to see that guy on a regular basis coming back to beat us. And so I, I, I don't think Dallas would have been able to make the same deal because I think from a, there's two levels of it from a Western a, there would have been a Western Conference premium, um, and B, the Sharks' assistant GM is Tom Holy, who, for someone who knows the Stars organization in and out, and everything like that, um, he would have, uh, if he's part of this conversation at all, and I'm sure Mike Greer talks to, to his assistant GMs. Uh, I don't, I don't see how you don't go after one of the bigger fish from Dallas. So I, I think from a pure in a vacuum standpoint, I think it's, it's not a bad thought exercise. I also think the price would have been higher for Dallas. Um, the other thing that's just super interesting to see is I don't think San Jose got enough um, when the, uh, if, if I told you like, so you see that return Gavin, right? Like mm-hmm. you see that return for Timo Meyer. Would you rather have the return for Timo Meyer, or would you rather have a first round pick, a second round pick, a third round pick, a fourth round pick, a fifth round pick? And uh, let me make sure I get the name right. Um, <laughs> so I know what you're talking about. First yes, round selection the, in 2025, second round selection, 2024, third, fourth, yes. and fifth round selections, 2023. And, yes, and, Cal, and, and Cal Cal Foot Foot. in exchange yes. for 14 points this year, Tanner Janot. Exactly. So I would. 
would you rather have the return Nashville got or the return that San Jose got? And I honestly, I'd almost, I, I, I'm, I'm, it's very similar. Yeah. It's, it's very similar. And like, I look at Cal foot, who's a player who is young, 24 year old defenseman who, I don't know. I'm, I'm not first round pick in 2000. I mean, not sorry. His brother was the one who was the first round pick, but he was uh, the, uh, I that's, that's if Tanner, as you know, is getting that type of return, the sharks left some months, some left something on the bone. It feels like, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, no, it, it is. It is interesting. And, uh, you know, I mean, I hate, I hate to do the passe, like, uh, we'll see, but at the same yeah. time, you know, if if you're San Jose fan, you never think you get enough. And if you're the other side, you know, you think you got fleeced. So uh, interesting to see how Greer's going to build that team. Personally, um, I would have been in favor. I don't understand why San Jose wouldn't want to keep Meyer. I know they have to rebuild and they need a lot of parts, but you know, I mean, we're talking about a restricted free agent. We're talking about years left where he's at, you know, he's in his yeah. prime. So, well, well, the most telling thing to me about the Meyer stuff was the fact that uh, Mike Greer went and said that we knew what his ask was going to be price wise and we weren't going to be able to pay that. And so that gives me a feeling that the Meyer and now Meyer does not have an extension in place in New Jersey. And I know the Devils, he's one of now four Swiss players on New Jersey. So they're going to be trying to sell that to him and everything like that. But GMs do their homework. And it tells me that Meyer is not going to be the take a discount guy. He's going to want to get paid. So it's going to be very interesting to see um, what comes out of this. Because he it could be a very simple, he gets qualified as an RFA Um but to get something, it's to me, it feels like to get something done long term with Meyer is going to be high, very, very pricey, and we're going to be looking at that number and be like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's, I think that's going to come into play. So there were two other teams, according to Elliot Friedman, who were interested in Dennis Gurionov. One was Carolina, but the other one I'm kind of fascinated by was the Philadelphia Flyers. If Gurionov went to Montreal and there were talks with the Flyers, where are we with the James Van Riemsdyk situation and the possibility of him coming here if there were talks and nothing came about? Yeah, I, I don't think it kills the Van Riemsdyk to Dallas spot. I, I, I truly believe, from my understanding of things, I mean, they've had tepid interests on Gurionov from other people for, for years. And so I, I don't think the... Whether Reamsdyke was going to come to Dallas or not, I don't think him Guriano going to Montreal kills that thing. It obviously, it would have been a lot. It would have made it easier. But as I said, I still think there could be a Van Reamsdyke. A Van Reamsdyke deal to Dallas could still happen. Let me put it that way. Um, I know Carolina um, was definitely intrigued in thinking that maybe it could they could come in and they could work with him and kind of basically kind of catch lightning in a bottle in the way they play. I know, I know some people from Carolina looked at Gurionov as um, you know, you haven't have talked about how like aggressive Carolina's forecheck is, right. How they just love running people through walls basically. And Carolina looked at Gurionov as the type of guy they could maybe kind of um, mold into one of those players. Um, the Philly one would have been interesting because I just, I don't see, and this is, and it's not because of the things he says, it's just because of his coaching style. 
I, I just don't see Denis Gurionov and, and John Tortorella coexisting very well. And not not that they would like butt heads or anything like that. He just seems to me like one of the guys where I, I just don't think John Tortorella's style and his communications would work well with Denis Gurionov. So I think Gurionov ended up in, for Denny, ended up in the, Carolina would have been the best spot for him, but I think he ended up in the second best spot for him in Montreal. Dadnoff will wear number 63. It'll be interesting. Boy, just, uh, it's going to be, uh, take me a second and wear off the Mike Ribeiro 63. <laughs> <laughs> but all signs point to him uh, playing and um, early signs possibly in the top six tonight. So that's kind of fascinating if 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 it, that's the case. Well, and it's, I, I think he should play with Marchment and Sagan. Yep. And so, it's the question becomes when, when you say top six, the question becomes what's your second line? Cause to me, he's not, that's to me, the second line is uh, the second line is, is Ben, is Ben the, Johnston is and the, Delandria. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. That, that, that's the second line to me. So to say, to say top, uh, to call it a top, top six or whatever, like, that's going to require, I, I would need to see that actually like it's top nine. Like the stars are the Pavelski Robertson Hens line, and then a middle six and then, and then a bottom line. That's what the stars are. And that's, and so he'll, he'll go into that middle six. Um, I still like, if you, if you got a Van Riemsdyk and you put him with Sagan in Marchment, then you have a top six right now. You're still just a middle six with a top, with a, with a top line. Just saying, Luke Shen's in town. It saves a flight. He's got, is he he's in got, town? I thought. Is he in town? I think. Didn't they have him? Don't they have him just sitting back? Do they have in him Vancouver? sitting back? <laughs> like, aren't they just sitting there waiting for him to be traded? <laughs> <laughs> might be the case. <laughs> might like, be the case. Well, <laughs> like, I'm sure they could get a good deal quick. <laughs> yeah. Sure, but you know, that, you know, you know what the the owner the owner's plane has. Uh, the owner's plane has a lot of frequent flyer miles going direct from Vancouver to Dallas just to make it work that way. <laughs> That's true, but that would be some defensive depth and that would be some physicality. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting week and these deals are flying left and right. Uh, one that might fly under the radar for Stars fans that they might have missed, Barry Trotz will become the new general manager of the Nashville Predators. Very interesting move by uh, Nashville. I'm real happy for Trotz. Uh, I feel as though he's always kind of thought of Nashville as home. Uh, said as much today in the press conference. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I know it's interdivision, and I know we're supposed to hate Smashville and everything like that, but I'm happy for Barry Trotz. I think he's had an outstanding career as a coach, and I'm really interested to see how he uh, fares as a, a general manager. I, I'm legitimately curious, of because this is a thing that it, in this doesn't happen in hockey, right? Like yeah. David Poyle is the only GM in the history in Predators history. Right, like right. the fact of the matter is like David Poyle, like it's so you're moving on from one GM who's been there for decades, not even joking. It's decades yeah. to someone who has zero GM experience at all. Right. And it's, it's just very, it's going to be very interesting to see how they, they play how 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 Barry Trotz looks as a GM. I like I breaking down a power play, figuring out how a coach a player fits here and there. 
being a coach and being a manager are two different skills. And I'm not saying Barry Trotz doesn't have the skills to be a GM. I'm fascinated to see what happens. But at the end of the day, there is a what's the right word here? There, there is there is a learning curve. And I think that's one of the reasons that they did like the kind of the soft retirement where Poyle will be in place until the, the June, July 1st, and then Trotz will take over and then I'll kind of still be there and everything like that. But I, I am fascinated to see uh what uh what Barry Trotz does as a GM and how he because we we know we've seen in Dallas just because you've played the game or coached the game that doesn't mean you're automatically a great GM so I'm I'm just fascinated to see how it how it plays out in the long run with Barry Trotz yeah, there yeah absolutely and uh also, also John Hines might thing. have a little yeah. sore uh sore shoulder from keep turning around I mean, that's tough when your new boss is one of the great coaches in the NHL. And that's what I was about to say. Like, if if you are Nashville, and so John Hines is the coach, and I think the hubbub there is that John Hines kind of is uh, doesn't have the longest leash for, yeah. for coaching and everything like that. Like, do you – I don't know if any Stars fans remember this, but – there's a couple times I'm gonna pull up the times he did it, but there was a couple times where um Lou Lamorello would uh when he was in New Jersey, he it happened during yeah, it happened twice. It happened during the 2005-2006 season and then a part of the 2006-2007 season as well, where he basically just said, I'm gonna fire my coach and I'm gonna take over. And he coached the play and he was the and he coached the playoffs in back-to-back years. Lula, it was actually Lou Lamorello on the bench. Um, and Barry obviously worked for Lou on, on Long Island, and he won a cup in Washington. And if you're the coach in Nashville, and two years from now, just hypothetical, right? Things aren't going great. The team's kind of close, but maybe things aren't going well. And maybe maybe a little Barry Trotz coaching magic would be the difference or something like that. Like. It is, it's a place where I, I, I will be, it'll be interesting to see how soon it takes the, how soon till we get the coverage and the story yeah. of, of, Hey, when's, when's Barry, Barry can be the coach and the GM. <laughs> so Yeah. It's, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, Trotz worked with Lane Lambert for a while. He was his longtime assistant. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, just names, I, I'm sure there are going to be names that come out that Trotz worked with in multiple organizations that, and it's just, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I, I, I do want to give, you know, credit to the leaving GM. Poyle has done a, I think just done a wonderful job. I mean, you know, starting, a, starting expansion from scratch. I know I, in my opinion, in the, in a, in his last few years, it hasn't been as good as, you know, maybe the Nashville fandom wants, but at the same time, I think overall, uh, at one time, wasn't he known as one of the top GMs in the game? I mean, he's got more wins than any, I mean, yeah. it's parts longevity. It's, it's kind of like the, the weird, like, it's kind of the weird thing, right? Where it's, he's the winningest GM of all time, but he also never won a Stanley cup. Yeah. And there is, it's, so there's that element to it. And I think one of the things that David Poyle did, um, and it's not a bad thing, but it's just a reality of what he had to do to kind of grow in that market in Nashville it was he never um he never accepted that his team was bad right 
and and it's 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 ironic that it's happening right now where they're where they're actually selling pieces off but like throughout he never accepted that his team was bad and there was times where Nashville I think put making the playoffs in year one or or overly valued what they had instead of being a little bit more self uh instead of looking in the mirror like they should have and I think it took I think that's kind of happened a little bit later in Poyle's career obviously they they almost won a Stanley Cup, so take don't take anything away from him. But um, it will be interesting to see how Barry Trotz kind of comes in with a bit of a blank slate because it's yeah. going to be a team coming off a rebuild. It's going to be a team that's got five additional picks from a deal for trading a middle six player who they had signed as an undrafted free agent. So, like, really good piece of work right there. And on top of all that, and I put this on Twitter, it's going to be interesting because – the draft this year is in Nashville, so it sets up really well for mm-hmm. it. feels like the timing is is not a coincidence for yeah. David Poyle to have his final draft in Nashville. So. Yeah, yeah, really, really interesting. So- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. So the Stars have a big week, Canucks tonight at the AAC, then the Coyotes come to town on Wednesday, then on the road against uh, the Blackhawks on uh, Thursday. Uh, possible, possible. I mean, you know, teams are going to fight and everything like that, but that's a possible six points. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's interdivision minus the Vancouver aspect, but uh, I will say Vancouver is playing better hockey as of late, you know, um, but at the same time, these are winnable games, so I'm excited to see, you know, hopefully the Stars can continue the momentum that they picked up on Saturday night. Yeah, and it's it's one of those games where you got to, against Vancouver tonight, you got to win. Like, you just, you have to start winning. When you lose to Chicago and, when you lose to Chicago and Columbus last week, you got to start making up for it by banking, um, by banking games against well, against Chicago again, if Chicago, Chicago again later this week, but like this week you go Vancouver, Arizona, Chicago, you got to make up for what you did against Columbus and Chicago in the prior week. And that's going to be a Chicago team right before the deadline. So who knows what that roster is going to look like. And like, we all love Jason Dickinson from his time in Dallas, but yeah. you're looking at a, a Chicago, you're going to a Chicago game on Thursday where Jason Dickinson may be the number one center on that team. And that's nothing against Jason Dickinson. It just yeah. shows where that team is. Right. Um, I will, I will throw this to you just because you're often throw it to me and I want to pick your brain on this with uh, it's because with, we'll obviously see Ottinger tonight against Vancouver. Yep. When it comes to Scott Wedgwood, would you play him at home on Wednesday or on Thursday on the road in Chicago? I'm curious of your thoughts on this. I would play him at home on Wednesday. I think they he, they have a better chance of beating Arizona. 
Um, I would like to see the home crowd, you know, get behind Wedgwood. And I think there's, you're a former goalie, so you could tell me, yeah. but I would think there's less pressure at home than on the road. And that could go either way. Cause some people like playing on the road and, um, but me personally, after Jake plays tonight, which he is the announced starter, I go yeah. Wedgwood Wednesday and then um, go Ottinger on Thursday and then Ottinger once again against the Avalanche over the weekend. That's what I would do, too. I like that plan a lot. Uh, I Also, I, I, I know how much Ottinger loves playing on the road and being the bad guy. Yeah. So I think that's something, too, where you give him a little bit of that, like, hey, second game of the back-to-back, we're going to lean on you. I, I Like, I know teams always play. The historical talk with goalies has always been play your starter in the first game of the back-to-back, back up in the second game. Um, and I get it, but like, I, I think that teams should more often think about it this way, where it's like, Hey, we're going full strength in game one. Let's try to win both of these games and have our best goalie in that for game two when we might need them. I just, it's, it's just a concept, a concept thing I'd like to see a little bit more of in general in, in the league. Yeah. And I think the other thing too is, is if you don't play Ottinger on Thursday, then you're giving him quite the rest leading into the Avalanche game, which I think is kind of an important game. Um, and at the same they time, won. like, I, won, yeah. yeah, I want I want Ottinger, like, I want him fresh, but at the same time, I don't want him too rested. I think Ottinger's the kind of guy that he wants the reps. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, you yeah. know, showing him on Thursday and then once again going at it over the weekend, um, I think he'd be in better condition. So that was my, you know, yeah, other reason uh, for that. No, I'm all I'm on board for that. Yeah. It's, wow. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, this is going to be a fascinating week, my friend. This is a lot of fun and uh, interesting to keep up with. And the halls keep getting greater. Um, clearly, draft picks have become the premium in this league. Um, yeah. So that's that's fascinating as well. Um, and we'll see what the stars do. As we mentioned uh, on Spits and Suds last week, one of the items that we mentioned is is you talked to Jim Neal last week and trading top draft picks for expiring contracts is not something that he is in favor of. He has also mentioned a couple times that his premium prospects are here to stay. He didn't give a definitive, but basically, you know, talked about, you know, having these people come through the system, investing a lot, as you mentioned in them. Um, So, you know, he wants to see the dividends from that. So for those reasons, I think that if they do do something, they go small again, but we'll see. You know, at the same yep. time, Sean, I mean, I, you know, I gotta say, I I think the Dadunov trades are really good trade. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I have no complaints with it. It's yeah. Something where it's like, it's, it's not the, if it's the only thing, maybe you, maybe on Friday we talk about, ah, is there something else they should yeah. have done when we see what some of the market is, but it's it's something. That's yeah. the other thing. Where it's like it's I, I think it's 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 a step in the right direction for a couple different people. For Pete DeVore, he gets a player he trusts a little bit more. Um for Dadanov, he gets out of a spot in Montreal where frankly he was not going to get much opportunity because he knew he was there to he knew he was there to get moved at some point. And then the Danny Garyanov and the stars kind of get a get a, a separation they kind of need because I don't think it was going to work out here. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, everyone, I encourage you to go read D Magazine. Sean Shapiro's new article is out, and of course he's on EP Ringside and Shapshot. So uh, 
Support our friend uh, Sean and support this podcast. Spits and Suds. Download it. Favor it. Tell your friends that there's a local sports show here in DFW talking stars three to four times a week. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Sean, as always, is a beast. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, and we will talk to you later this week on Spits and Suds.